The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. If you have any Bibles, we'd like to turn over to Hebrews chapter 11 this evening. Sometimes whenever my thoughts come to preaching, subjects come in so many different ways. I'm sure you preacher brethren can know that. Uh, but I'll try to catch you up how the subject that's on my mind this evening, how it came to my mind. It really came to my mind years ago. I tried to preach on it before, but about 10 years ago, maybe not that long ago, we were at the Rich Mountain Association, and uh, it was our union meeting in the uh, spring, and we were all gathered uh, after church and talking, and Brother Adam Green posed a question to us. He said, because Brother Adam had been in a situation where the members had uh, constituted a new church, and they had to come up with a name for the church. And, and so he was asking us if we were put in that situation, what, what would the name of the church, if we had any suggestions, if we had any dominion or authority over what we named a church, what would be a good name for a primitive Baptist church? And of course, some people started saying Mount Zion. And, and if you uh, know me at all, I, I love Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the church of Jesus Christ. It's the city of the living God and other people were like well whatever city it's in that's that's the name that the church should be and then it came along to me and I just sat and pondered and I just looked up at them and I said Rahab and they they were like what <laughs> Rahab and I and, and I've been in those conversations since then on what to name a church and 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 that's always been my answer Rahab and the reason it is I'm gonna tell you Whenever I read the, the Bible and I read the account of Rahab, and, and, and you can ask my wife, every, every time I read about Rahab in the Bible, I, I get excited. Amen. Because she's a beautiful picture of what you and I believe in. That's right. Amen. Because whenever we first see Rahab, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Whenever we first see Rahab, uh, over in Joshua chapter 2, it talks about that the spies were sent out from Joshua. Let me pick up a little background here. Sometimes I, I always got to remind myself, not everybody has been meditating on the same subject that I've been meditating on. But uh, uh, the children of Israel have been led uh, through the wilderness uh, for 40 years because of their disobedience. They would have made a straight journey into Canaan's land. But after their 40 years of wandering because of their disobedience, they finally make it to Canaan's land. They cross over Jordan and they're about to go take Jericho. Uh, Joshua sends out two spies to spy out Jericho. And whenever they get there, the king finds out that the spies are there. And whenever the king finds out that the spies are there, he sends men to take them, probably going to kill them. Whenever, whenever the men come to a woman's house whose name is Rahab the harlot, how would you like to have that moniker? Right? I mean, the harlot Rahab, that's how we know her in the Bible. Uh, the, the king sends his men uh, to the harlot Rahab's house and says, we know they're here, where are they at? And she says, they were here, but they left out and they went yonder way. And the men ran off to go get them because she said, if you hurry up, you'll catch them. So the man, men ran, ran off to go get them and they couldn't find them because she had hit them on the roof of her house. And then whenever Rahab was talking to them, she said, look, because of the kindness, because of the kindness that I showed you, show kindness to my family. 
Because I know, I know without a doubt that the Lord has given this city, the Lord has given this country unto you. The Lord has put it in your hands. We heard about what the Lord did in Egypt. We heard about how he parted the Red Sea. We heard about how he dried up Jordan. Well, that hasn't happened yet. It's about to happen. But but we heard about all the things that the Lord did for y'all. How uh, the kings that y'all slaughtered on the other side of Jordan. We heard about all these things and our heart didn't melt. And one of the things, Brother Chris, that just fascinates me. And, 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 and if you know exactly how, how long, if it's 11 months or two years. But I say sometimes, and Brother Buddy, you may know, you can educate me on this. But I say sometimes between uh, uh, six months to two years after the children of Israel were led across uh, the Red Sea on dry shot, after the Lord led them, uh, uh, after the Lord delivered them from Egypt and led them across the Red Sea on dry ground, come on, dust came up under their feet because the Lord wanted it that way. Uh, 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 somewhere less than two years after the Lord, after, I mean, can you imagine that? Millions of people walking across the sea. And I mean, it says that the Lord jailed it. And you look over here and there's a fish. And you look over here and there's a shark trying to get to that fish. I mean, can, can, can you imagine that? You are walking. You, I mean, there, there's a tunnel that we've been going through in Mobile uh, to get to Georgia lately. And I kind of picture it like that. Like, like, like you look to the right of you in the tunnel and there's that concrete wall. You look to the left, there's that concrete wall. Whenever they went across the Red Sea, there's a water wall. Yeah. I mean, can, can you imagine that? Can you imagine the Lord saying, go across this sea and you go across it and you're walking across it and then you get to the other side and you see all your enemies devoured before you. I'm going to tell you, I've seen a Bible show with them. I don't watch Bible shows because of this stuff. But I mean, if you do, that's fine. And plus, I don't want to be reading the book of uh, Exodus and picture Charlton Heston, you know, whenever I'm reading about Moses. I, I'm a very visual person. But nevertheless, I've seen this Bible show of, of, of whenever they were coming across the Red Sea that the last part of the, uh, uh, the train, if you will, the last few people of the Israelites coming across the Red Sea, they're running because the Lord's about to close in the water and they just make it in a nick of time before the Lord, that ain't the way it is. The Lord kept it open until the last one got over there. And I'm going to tell you what, what, what is so remarkable to me is less than two years after the Lord led them across the Red Sea, the Lord said, go and take Canaan's land. And they said, we can't do it. Well, guess what? You can't walk across the Red Sea either. You get that? I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things that, that the Lord tells us to do, and we say, I can't do it. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Before I started preaching, I had a severe stuttering problem. And it got worse whenever I read. My ACT score in English was 13 because of my reading skills and my stuttering problem. I'm going to tell you what, what has, you know what has almost just went away completely? My stuttering problem. Amen. But that didn't happen until I started preaching. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I can't preach, but the Lord can. Amen. I'm going to tell you, they couldn't cross the Red Sea, but the Lord could. That's right. They can't take Canaan's land, but the Lord can. Amen. But what's remarkable to me about Rahab the harlot, less than two years after the children of Israel seen the very miracles of God, they said, we can't do it. Hmm. Rahab the harlot didn't even see the miracles of God. Yeah. She didn't see the plagues in Egypt. 
She didn't see the Red Sea parted. She, she, she didn't see uh, Jordan dried up. Forty years after the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, Rahab the harlot believed. Amen. You know how she believed? It tells us right here in the 31st verse. It says, by faith, the harlot Rahab. So now we're caught up to the children of Israel being across the Red Sea. They're in Canaan's land. They wandered through, I mean, they're about to go into Canaan's land. They wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. They're about to take Canaan's land and Joshua sends out two spies. And now Rahab the harlot hides these two spies. And whenever she hides them, she says, we, we, we've heard about it. Our, our hearts didn't melt. I know that your God, the Lord, is the real God. Your God, the Lord, He is God. She said, I know He's the God in heaven and He's the God beneath. I'm going to tell you, her faith was testifying. Where would she get that faith from? You think she got it from the harlot house? You think they were preaching that to her? I mean, and, and here's another thing about Rahab. She was from Jericho. She was a Gentile. Where did she get her faith from? The same way, the same place that you and I got it. From Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the beginner of our faith. That doesn't mean he's the beginner of what we put our faith in. He's the reason we have faith. I'm going to tell you, whenever the Lord borns you of His Spirit, He puts His Spirit within you, and one of those things that uh, 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 gets in you is faith. You show me somebody with faith, I'll show you a child of God. The fruit of the Spirit is faith. I'm going to tell you, a lot of people, they'll teach folks, uh, and, and, and I had this whenever I first left my righteous living and started trying to seek the Lord, that the Lord touched me. I had people just bombarding me with false doctrine, and just telling me I had to do this or, or I had to put my faith in the Lord so I could get born again and things of this nature. Brothers and sisters, if you got faith, you've already been born again. Because it says that the fruit of the Spirit is faith. And the way I like to look at it is faith is a seed. Faith is a seed. The fruit of the Spirit, the, the fruit of something is what comes from a plant. And you can view faith as a seed or, or, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, the Spirit is a seed. You can view the, the uh, Spirit of God uh, whenever you're born again. You can view it as a seed or you can view it as a very plant. But I'm going to tell you, for you to have a tomato plant, I mean, for you to have a tomato fruit, you first have to have a tomato plant. Amen? Amen. The same way with faith. For you to first have faith, you must first have the thing to produce faith, and that's the Spirit of God. So what this tells me, let's back over to Hebrews 11. and That didn't come out as fluid as I would have loved it to. <laughs> Look with me to Hebrews 11, the beginning of it. This is so important real quick. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Hope is an earnest expectation. And this is something I want God's people to understand. We just don't, we just don't have a hope in Christ in this life. Amen. We have a hope in Christ in heaven but we also have one in this life. If Jesus has promised you, if you're uh, weak and you're heavy laden and you're burdened and you come unto me, I'll give you rest. You know what you need to do whenever you're weak and you're heavy laden and you're burdened? You need to come unto him because you know why? 
He promised, I'll give you rest. Amen. You see, hope is an earnest expectation. And anything that Jesus Christ has promised me, I earnestly expect it's going to happen. Whenever He gives you all those beautiful promises, seek me and I'll give you peace. Seek me and, 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 and the God of peace shall be with you. I want you to understand that that's true and you need to have a hope. You need to have an earnest expectation. Whenever you need peace, whenever you need quiet, you come to the Lord and He'll give it to you. Amen. But look what it says here. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you have a hope, it's because you got faith. Amen. And if you have faith, it's because you got the Spirit. Amen. The evidence of things not seen. I love this. How, Brother Danny, how do I know that I have faith? Do you believe in Christ Jesus? Yeah. Of course you do. That's why you're here tonight. Right? Look, it is a summer night. Five o'clock. If I didn't have faith in the Lord, I'd be fishing right now. Or would we still be swimming at the Hogan's house? I mean, it, it, it's fourth weekend in August. It's five o'clock. Well, now what? It's 545. But my whole point is, your faith is the reason you're here. Do you believe in Jesus? Of course you do. What's he look like, brother buddy? Does he really have long hair? Did he really look like a hippie? I mean, I mean, what, what does he look like? You don't know, do you? But you believe in Him. Why? Because you have faith. You see, He says faith is the evidence of things not seen. Brothers and sisters, do you realize that our faith is, 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 uh, testifies all the time? Whenever you get down on your knees to pray to a God that you've never seen, that is your faith testifying that you believe in God. That is your faith testifying that your faith is there. Anytime you seek after the Lord, anytime you read the Bible, anytime you sing a hymn uh, 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 to praise your Lord or to feel closer to your God, that is your faith working, brothers and sisters. And it is testifying that you're a child of God. It says, for by it the elder... I, I just want everybody to understand, if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus... If you believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, you are a born-again child of God. Amen. Because that is evidence that you have faith. And the fact that you have faith is very evidence that you've been born in the Spirit. Now listen, this is something that, that we need to teach folks. Through faith, we understand that the world's reframed by the Word of God. You know what that just said? That just said that the only people who can truly believe and the Genesis 1 creation are children of God. Right. That's what that just said. It, it should not blow our minds that there are people out there who do not believe in the Genesis 1 account of creation. That's right. Because Paul tells us over 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says, all men have not faith. Right. That's right. So if we believe that the worlds uh, 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 were spoken to existence, by the very uh, voice of God, and we believe that through faith, and we know that all men have not faith, then we should understand that not everybody's going to believe in creation. Right, right, right. Now that doesn't mean that just because somebody doesn't believe in creation that they're not a child of God. That's right. Okay, because people can be corrupted. Yeah. People can be misled. 
people's eyes can be darkened. But I want you to understand, if you believe in creation, you're a child of God. You have a home in heaven. Then let's get back over to Rahab. By faith, the harlot Rahab. By faith. Oh, thank God. You know what that just said, Brother Chris? She's a child of God. She's an elect. Let me tell you, every child of God, there's, there's five things that happened to every child of God. They were foreloved. They were predestinated. Uh, they're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. They are called, regenerated, and one day they're going to be glorified. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, every child of God before the foundation world was sanctified in Christ Jesus. The Lord took them out of the family of Adam and placed them in the family of Christ. And every child of God, sometime between conception and death, will be sanctified by the Spirit. And that same voice that told them to be alive, that same voice that told them come forth, that same voice that said live, is the same voice one day, one sweet and beautiful day when the face shall be sight, when the Lord comes back and says, come home, my beloved. That is the same voice that is going to sanctify us from the rest of the world and take us home to glory. I love that verse. When our faith shall be sight. By faith, the harlot Rahab. I want to tell you, how does she become a child of God? Because if you have faith, you're a child of God. How does she become a child of God? Was it because of her profession? Was it because she was a Gentile? No, because she was one of the Lord's. Amen. She was chose. And how could the Lord, Brother Chris, love a harlot? The same way he loved you. Amen. The same way he loved me. Amen. What I love about Rahab is whenever you first see her, she first comes on the scene, there ain't nothing good said about her. That's right. The harlot Rahab, the house of the Rahab the harlot. I'm going to tell you, whenever we're conceived into this world, there's nothing good about us. To me, she represents a beautiful picture of our depravity. The first time you see her, you find out she's a sinner. And I'm going to tell you, whenever I first existed in my mother's womb, I was a sinner. And so I'm going to tell you, sometime between my conception and my death, the Lord had mercy on me and said, live. And I lived. The same way that Rahab the harlot is a child of God is the same way that every one of us is a child of God. I tell you, when you first see her, you're like, she's a harlot. Man, because of what Adam did, we all died in sins. And I'm going to tell you, every child that was ever conceived uh, 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 after Adam, and I know Adam wasn't conceived, I'm just wording it like that because my vocabulary is not great. But every child that was born after Adam, brothers and sisters, they were conceived in iniquity. Amen. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, they were all together undone Amen. from the top to the bottom. And we all got in that condition the same way whenever Adam died. So we're all Rahabs. Amen. That's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. Right. We are all Rahabs. Why, why would I name a church Rahab Prune Baptist Church? Because it's not about where you were. It's about where you're going. Amen. And I want to tell you where she's going uh, 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 isn't dependent upon what she did. But what she did showed us where she's going. Amen. 
We need to understand that. It's not about where you came from. I'm going to tell you, too many people use that as, as an excuse. That's right. You know, my grandmother and my grandfather owned the brothel. Rahab would have worked there. I was a black sheep in my family when I started preaching. When the Lord touched me, I was a bouncer and bartender on Berman Street in New Orleans. I thank God it's not about where you come from. Amen. I thank God it's about the Lord choosing you. Amen. I thank God and the Lord doesn't take out a book and says... Has he done enough to be born again? Amen. The Lord says, I love him. And I'm going to put my spirit within him. And my son died for him. And I'm going to come back and get him one day. Okay, it, it, it ain't about where you came from. Amen. I want to tell you, if Rahab the harlot. Ooh, if Ray, I mean, and, and, and one of the beautiful things for me, Brother Chris, is every how you want to count it. It's 16 individual names. But whenever it mentions Moses' parents, you can throw them in there in the count. And then whenever it mentions uh, the Jericho, you can throw them in their account. So you can say 18. This is amazing to me. In Hebrews chapter 11, Apostle Paul mentions 18 people with great faith. At the time that Apostle Paul wrote this, the world had existed for 4,000 years. So Apostle Paul was gleaning from 4,000 years of human history, and he wrote 18 people's names down as having great faith. And guess who one of them was? The harlot Rahab. Amen. You think the Lord wants you to know that it ain't about where you came from? It's about where you're going? I'm going to tell you another brother I love in the scripture. His name is Jephthah. You go over to Judges chapter 11. You know what it says about Jephthah? He was a judge of Israel. He was a great deliverer, a great savior of Israel. But you know what the first thing you find out about Jephthah? His mama was a harlot. I'm going to tell you, we need to quit using where we came from as an excuse. Amen. And we need to quit judging where people came from. I'm going to tell you, uh, guess what? What I love about Rahab and the reason we know that she's a child of God. Look, if she wouldn't have trusted in the Lord, if she wouldn't have followed the children of Israel... We'd have never known about her having faith, would we? Whether you use it or not, you still got faith. Whether you act like a child of God or not, if you're a child of God, you're a child of God. But whenever you act like one, you're justified by works. And people are able to say, that's a friend of God. You know what I love about Rahab? She did what I had to do. But she did it to a much more severe circumstance. The town, that she, the city that she was raised in her entire life, she left it behind. Amen. Jericho. I, I, I want you to understand. If she'd have never left Jericho, you'd have never heard about her. Right. You understand that? The reason we hear about her is because she had faith. She trusted in the Lord. And, and whenever she trusted in the Lord, it showed forth her faith. Yeah. She left Jericho. Brothers and sisters, to me, Jericho is a picture of our old lives. Jericho is a picture of our sin. What? And just because you're a church member doesn't mean you hadn't brought Jericho with you. What are some Jerichos that we're laying hold of? What are some Jerichos that we just need to leave behind? Brothers and sisters, we struggle with the flesh every day, do we not? That's Jericho. Don't go back there. Leave it back there. I'm going to tell you, she left Jericho. Oh, through faith, 
by faith. I'm going to tell you, whenever you read that about somebody and it says by faith, I want you to say child of God. <laughs> child of God. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Go with me over to James chapter 2 real quick. Over in James chapter 2, verse 25, it says, Likewise, right here, he's putting her in the same category as Abraham. Wow! I'm glad. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that it's like that. Because once you join the church, we don't, we, we don't identify you as not as good as this one or that one. We put us all together, amen? Look what it says. It says, likewise also, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them on uh, out another way? What that means is her works, her trusting in the Lord and her walking out on her faith, it declared her righteous. And anytime we follow the Lord and people are able to see us acting differently, it declares us righteous. It shows that we're children of God. It doesn't declare it to God. It declares it to other people. Amen. And I'm sure you know this because Brother Chris is your pastor and you've had Brother Buddy here and, and, and Brother Tim and all these good brethren. But while I'm here, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, justification by faith does not make you righteous in the sight of God. That's right. right. Me trusting in something does not ever make anything so. That's right. Right? I mean, because if that was the deal, I'd trust I had $10 million right now. You know, just make it so. But my trusting in something makes it real to me. Amen. It says Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Right. It says it was reckoned to him for righteousness. Those are accounting terms. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I can give my wife $100. And, and, and this really happened to me. I was over in Georgia and a brother gave me like $250 in ones. <laughs> I'm not pleading for money, but, but, I, but I had to count it. I mean, it was wrapped up, but I didn't trust the wrapping. But I didn't know, I didn't know that it was $250, Brother Buddy, until I counted it. Right, right. And I'm going to tell you, whenever you believe God, your faith counts it to you that you're a child of God. Amen. And justification, all justification by faith means is whenever you believe that Jesus died for you, yeah. you in your eyes are able to see that you're a child of God and you're going to be in heaven one day. Amen. I tell you, justification by blood is the thing that made it real. When Jesus died on the cross for you, I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, he purged every stain you had. Yes. And he did it by himself. Amen. But also, Rahab the harlot, it says that she saved her house. It says she saved her house. Brothers and sisters, what's wrong with our country today and what's wrong with our churches? We haven't been doing a lot of house saving. Amen. Right. That's right. We've been doing a lot of money saving. We've been doing a lot of vacation time saving. We've been doing a lot of fish saving. A lot of football games saving. Been doing a lot of that saving. But we need to save our houses. Amen. I'm going to tell you because of what she did, her whole house 
was saved. Her mama, her daddy, her children, her brethren, everyone in her family was saved because of what she did. I want you to understand what we do and our walk by faith, it can save our house. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, and, and, and you may call me a prude or a holy roller, and I ain't got it all right yet. I'm trying. Okay? I'm trying. But we shouldn't be introducing our children to rated R movies. Amen. We shouldn't be introducing our children to ungodly stuff. Amen. Well, I don't care how much you like that rock song from the 70s. If it glorifies fornication and adultery and drunkenness, we shouldn't be introducing our children to it. Brothers and sisters, that's Bible. It says flee from fornication. Why in the world would I introduce my children to glorifying it? I'm going to tell you, and sometimes I got to filter between me and the Lord. But brothers and sisters, I love it. I love it when I see people, parents, who forsake the boats, who forsake the hunting camps, who forsake... Now, if you got these things and you're doing that, that's fine too. But so that they can have a one-income household, so they can make sure that their children are being brought up in the nurturing and admonition of the Lord. They're not handing their children over to somebody else to raise. I want to tell you, my wife, she wants a child so bad, and she couldn't fathom handing it over to a babysitter to raise she couldn't fathom handing it over to some uh, atheist school teacher to teach them the principles that she needs to be teaching them. Look, I, and I'm not saying this to offend anybody. I just want you to understand, there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference. What I mean by that, there's, there, there's a difference whenever we invest into our children. Whenever our actions try to save our children. <laughs> what I love about this too, you, you know what else about Rahab? Y'all know who Boaz is? Yep. Boaz was Ruth's husband. You know who Boaz's mama was? Rahab. Amen. You know that Boaz, uh, I might get this wrong. Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse. Jesse begot David. And guess who's the great, 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 great grandson of David? Jesus Christ. That's right. I'm going to tell you, not only was Jesus Christ already in her, I'm going to tell you, she's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? And another thing about Rahab, and I know this is kind of scattered about it, but I I really thought whenever we got here after five that I could sneak in. I didn't know Brother Lance had conspired via text message. But... uh, Brother, brother Buddy going to me and said, we're so glad. I'm looking forward to hearing you. Praise the Lord to bless you. I'm like, uh-oh. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but the way that Rahab was spared was the spies said this. They said, look, because of the kindness that you showed us, we'll, we'll show kindness to you and your household. You put this scarlet, this red cord, this red thread in your window and you hang it out of your window. And whenever we come by to recompense judgment on Jericho, whenever we come by to slaughter everybody else, everybody that's in the house of this place who has the red cord, they're going to be protected. Amen. I'm going to tell you, because of what Rahab did, her whole house was saved. That's right, 
But you know, you know what made the children of Israel pass over demolition on Rahab's house? It was a red cord. You know what made the Lord's wrath pass over the demolition of your house? The blood of Jesus Christ. The red cord. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, when the Lord looks at us, Matthew 25, I I, I know you, brethren. I hope y'all don't ever slip off into this, well, goats are just disobedient sheep stuff, okay? Because I'm going to tell you, Matthew 25 and 30 through the rest of the chapter is a beautiful place to teach doctrine and you know what it teaches me whenever the lord divides the sheep from the goats there he looks at the sheep and all he mentions is good things that they've done and whenever he looks at the goats he doesn't mention one good thing that they've done whenever he looks at the sheep he doesn't mention a bad thing whenever he looks at the goats he doesn't mention a good thing all he mentions is bad things why because the goats are the non-elect the goats aren't his Non-elect are not born again. They don't have the Spirit of God within them. They can't do a good work. But aren't you a sheep? Aren't you the Lord's people? Have you ever done a bad thing? Of course we have. But why in the world, whenever he mentions, whenever he talks to them, why in the world, Brother Chris, does he not mention one bad thing that they did? Because he's not looking at them upon their account. He's looking at them through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's looking at them through that scarlet thread. I want to tell you, the reason I say don't ever mess up on your sheep and goats, because that teaches doctrine right there. That teaches you that, I want to tell you, people talk about a final judgment day. The judgment day I'm worried about is here and now. We all shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going to tell you, the things that we do today have consequences whether we have peace or chastisement in our life. I want to tell you, you see these signs that says, prepare to meet your God. And it's like, Rrr. I'm like, I'm ready, brother. I'm ready. The Bible says he had made me meet. He has prepared me for the inheritance of Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at a bunch of little Rahabs tonight. And we're happy to be that way. I want to tell you, brother, this ain't about where you started. It's about where you're going. And where you're going has no dominion. has no consequence because of what you've done. It's because of what Christ has done for you. But you being here tonight, you know what? I thought about this when I read Hebrews and he talks about those great saints. Think about this. They didn't know that they were going to be wrote in the book of Hebrews. Think about this. By faith, Buddy Abernathy came to Zion Church, 5 o'clock Sunday night. Mm -hmm. By faith, Lance Hocutt, Kept Brother Danny and his dear wife all weekend and fed them wonderful food. And their family waited on them because they were with the servants of God. By faith, you did this. By faith, you were here. By faith, you were baptized. By faith, you believed. By faith, you're trying to be a better person. Amen. You know what that means? Don't matter where you started. I know where you're going. Amen. You're going to be in heaven one day. I love you all and God bless. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.